Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's uh, midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. As we uh, come together through this time, uh, this week we have a recorded message from our evening service on Sunday evening as we continue uh, to think about uh, this message uh, that the preacher gives us in the book of Ecclesiastes. And this evening we look uh, at the very well-known passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, through uh, these uh, coming weeks, uh, we continue uh, to have in-person services at our church. Uh, so please do uh, look up the details for them uh, for morning services at 11 a.m. and also uh, for evening services at 7 p.m. And also we have our midweeks happening uh, at a quarter to eight on uh, Tuesday evenings in the church building as well. Well, as we come together, let me just read these words uh, from the well-known uh, Psalm, Psalm 23, as we begin. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He is the one who will lead and guide us through all that we may face. And as we think of this, let us come to our God now in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to come together through this time. Lord, to know of your goodness and love to us and to know of what it means to seek and to follow you throughout our lives. For Heavenly Father, we know through our lives there is much confusion and chaos in the world around us. But you are the one who brings true and everlasting guidance. You are the one that we can depend on through all that we may face in life. And so, Lord, we come before you. Teach us, Lord, how to trust in you each day in all that we may do. And Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our first item of praise uh, for our podcast is sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family. And it's entitled, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. After this item of praise, we're going to listen to the message uh, from Sunday evening service. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is holy How strange and divine I can sing All is mine Yet not I But through Christ in 
Please open your Bibles uh, uh, for scripture reading this evening as we are looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 1 to 14. Probably one of the best known parts of this book. But let's read these words from verse 1 in chapter 3. There is a time for everything. 
and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good while they live that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing will be taken from it. God does it so that men will revere him. And here we end the reading of God's word to us this evening. Back at the start of lockdown, um, I was um, dealing with a real problem. Usually, Alistair and Julia got out of the house and I could get on with my work. And uh, at the start of lockdown, there were several months, if you cast your memory back, that we were juggling childcare uh, and trying to work at the same time. And one of the things uh, that uh, got us through that time was me and Alistair decided that everything that in his room that was Lego, that we would try to rebuild it. This is going on to at least 50 items and more that was all once bought, uh, but had been destroyed. So we frantically looked around for all the instructions and went through the many, I think there was four huge boxes of Lego to find the right pieces. And if you've ever built Lego, you will know that success is achieved uh, when you work piece by piece, using uh, each one, uh, putting the pieces in the right places, in all the right ways, at all the right times. And if you're trying uh, to uh, build a, a model and match it to the, the picture on the box, and you try to do it freestyle without any instructions, then it's usually a recipe for disaster. Our lives, they're made up of so many different types of pieces. Peoples, events, circumstances, times, places that are all being locked together to make our individual stories. Sometimes we don't see the significance of a tiny piece of the story until later on. 
The difference between real life and Lego construction, however, is that we are not the ones with the instruction blueprint laid out in front of us. God is. We have the individual pieces in our hands. And in the Bible, God has given us enough explanation to set us building. But only He is the master plan. Only He has the master plan. They can see the beginning to the end. In chapter 3, the preacher in Ecclesiastes brings together both the big picture, the whole of our lives, and also the individual parts, the seasons of life. He begins to explain why our lack of control over Euler is the very thing that can give us hope. It is part of living well to accept two things that he's getting through in this passage. If we are to live well, we first of all have to accept that we are enclosed within time's bonds, that we cannot control time. And second, the thing that we have to accept that God is not. What we do comes and goes, but what God does endures forever. Life isn't timeless for us. The time limits, the time limit our choices and requires, uh, and requires others of us. The lot we have been given cannot flourish without attention to the seasons that roll through it. To make this point, the preacher wants us to imagine for a moment that we are like farmers who must learn how to deal with the occasions that regularly cycle through the year. By using the word seasons, he puts the sands of our times within the larger uh, mountains and skies of God's creation. Psalm 104 tells us God made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time from its setting. And through the first eight verses of chapter 3, we see uh, two basic kinds of season or time in which we tend our lots. They can be positive or negative. They can be highs or lows. But as you read through these different times, not, uh, they're not always positive or negative. But they're different times that we can completely recognize straight away will be part of our lives. As we're looking at this passage, there is a, a Christian writer by the name of Zach Esquine, and he's written a book uh, loosely based on the book of Ecclesiastes saying, Recovering Eden, Eden, showing us that our lives are based upon that hunger to get back to Eden, the Eden that God has promised us in that new creation as well. One of the examples he gives in the book is this. In the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and Eve ahead of time what they could expect regarding the landscape of their days. He told them about the land, the animals, their love for each other, their food, work, and the absence of any need to lock their doors at night. He also told them of two trees, two kinds of life, 
the possibility of death, should one of these trees experience misuse by them. Then after the death came, God prepared them ahead of time regarding the days east of Eden, which would change. As we look at the contrast between these two things, one that Eden promised and the other that came after uh, the distrust of God, the fall. What does it mean for us? As we read through these first eight verses, we see that to find purpose and nearness of God, we need the grace to relate honestly towards the dominance of time of life under the sun. One needn't be a follower of Jesus to know this. We cannot talk about our lives, ourselves, or what we desire, or fear, or what's around us without reference to time. And the preacher, the writer of Ecclesiastes, recognizes this. To make this plain, the preacher captures the contrast of time in everything that we encounter under the sun. He repeats the word time 28 times in eight verses. And then saying it again in verse 17, there is a time for every matter or for every work. Time is our lungs. Without it under the sun, uh, without it, nothing under the sun can breathe. Time forms the environment in which we live. But also secondly, as we read through these verses, we need the grace to relate towards each day that we have been given. It is God who created time. Time with God in Eden gives space for peaceful human deciding. Time in Eden was beautiful, a friend to humanity as both it and they uh, came together in the God-given world. But through the fall, time hollers at us with stress. More often than not, time haunts us. It pressures us. It makes us feel our shortcomings and reveals the misuse or the boredom of life. The preacher reminds us that he is human too. He takes up the conversation that is on our minds. He humanly states that what most of us know and can agree upon, everything, for in everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. Time is like the sky. Wherever we look, there it is. There is a problem. Humanly, humanity still has Eden in its veins. Look at verse 11. We have eternity in our hearts. Our souls instinctively yearn for a, pur a, a, a purposed life without end under this time-chained sun. The preacher teaches us how to speak humanly and honestly about our longings for purpose, the tension we experience, and the reality of handling time. So there's two things as you read through this chapter, I think we can take away. There's comfort and there's also challenge through it. It's meant to be a great shock 
as you read through the first eight verses of the different contrasts in time, everything that happens and we experience in life, and then there's a harsh reality in verse 9. What does the worker gain from his toil? What does it matter if all the things that we are going through The patterned order in the world does not lead us to find gain in the midst of it all. The rhythms rumble through our lives. We find them happening to us often without awareness of what's really going on. And the very fact that life keeps changing leaves us with no lasting success or or a feeling of deep satisfaction. There is time to be born a time to die, there is a time for judgment. One of the ways we learn to live by preparing to die is by realizing that death means judgment. And this is a good thing for us. It gives our present actions meaning and weight. It gives experience of losses and injustice a voice in God's presence. Being a parent has taught me uh, quite a few things, and I'm not going to list them here because I'll be here all night. But one of the things is that I have a perspective that my kids don't. I have a bigger picture than they do it uh, because of more years of life. So when I tell them uh, that they can't have a McDonald's every day, I'm showing them a bigger picture that when they get to my age, they're going to have healthy stomachs. As we read through this passage in time, as we think about what it means to keep facing every season under the sun, we recognize even as grown-ups, we are like children when it comes to our lives, and God's ordering them. We have a pattern of the things that fill our lives, but God does not exist within the same timetable. What he does endures forever. And if there's one verse that you can take away tonight that will bring real comfort, it's verse 11. Everything beautiful in its time. And who does this? God does this. The the one who is our true leader in life. He has made everything beautiful in its time. In other words, because God lives forever, and I will not, I can experience the several different times of my life knowing that they are part of a bigger picture that I cannot see, but which is visibly good and wise. God, who sees the whole, he knows it will be beautiful. Part of being wise in our world is learning to accept that we have only a very limited access to the big picture. To be sure, we often want access to it, for God has put eternity into our hearts. But the point is that we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. It means that part of growing up in this world is learning to grow small. 
God intends us to be like children who trust their parents to know best because they can see what the child can't see. And they know what the children are not yet able to know. Here's the thing. The relationship of trust is built on the character of the parents. If the parents are good and wise and kind, then the child who cannot see the end from the beginning has nothing to fear. One of the Christian writers uh, that I was looking at gave this example as we think about this picture of God being that parent that we can trust. I do have plenty of moments, he says, uh, in the past, and I'm very glad God will one day call back and seek them out. In my finite story, I am often left gasping after several different threads and cannot seem to weave them into the coherent whole. My story has broken characters, jarring interruptions, unexpected joys, relationships caught up in unresolved tensions and difficulties. My life story has unexplained uh, things. I have plenty of unanswered questions. And in God's kindness and mercy, I have yet unfinished chapters. But my story is not the, the story. The story reveals that there will be a time of judgment and believers trust that that judgment, in that judgment, they will finally prevail. For we are looking to our heavenly shepherd who will guide us through. That is the comfort that we hold on to in our lives. When we cannot reason together why one season goes to the next. But also this evening, we have a challenge in this passage. Every time that we experience, we'll have its day in court. So while I wait, the question for us is how should we live? Time in God's hand uh, has meaning. It matters how we face each season. Learning how to prepare for and to adjust to the times and seasons. The preacher again draws our attention to what God has planned. The lot that each of us has been given, it has an expectation of what God has planned for us in the new creation. Ecclesiastes tells us to learn now today that there really is a time for everything Learning now that the season or seasons that I am in will not always be the season of my life, but they can at least help to prepare me for the chapters of my life God has yet to write. It does not mean that giving up or throwing away is going to be any easier when it comes, but it helps not to be taken by surprise. Many of our frustrations rise from the blindness to the change of season or the pain of joy in them. And we struggle to adjust. But satisfaction comes when you know that you are a time-bound creature and God is the eternal creator. Satisfaction lodges in our hearts when we accept the boundaries of our creaturely existence 
and accept the seasons of our lives as coming from his good and wise hands. When the preacher speaks about killing, hatred, or war, we remind ourselves that the whole poem is not prescriptive, but rather descriptive. In other words, he is not telling us what we must choose. He is describing the choices people are in and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We may find ourselves in times of war or killing that we would not have chosen, facing circumstances that we wish we were not ours to face. Or we may find ourselves gratefully born into a generation of peace and healing. Again, the same Christian writer uses this example. My life, he lives in America, my life has been surrounded by war. If I were born a few years earlier or later, I could have known the life of a soldier. Born in a year that I did not choose, I watched those older and those younger than I go to war. We cannot choose the times that we live in, but it matters how we live. Jesus experienced seasons and times. His sympathy with us abounds. The whole picture given in the Bible is that God has entered life under the sun, and Jesus taked it all. So when we're sitting back in our chair thinking about life, the message for us is that Jesus knew the times. He too cried as we cry. He has been abandoned as many have been abandoned. He has overcome as the way many of us have overcome. He knows the brokenness of betrayal. And he too has died as we all will. But in him, the sting of death has died. Eden was a place of birth, a place of planting, a place of healing, of building up, of laughter, a place of dancing, of embrace, of seeking, of keeping, of sowing. It was heaven foreshadowed. But under the sun, we will taste the absence of God. We taste death of plucking up, of killing, of breaking down, of weeping, of mourning, of casting away of loss, of tearing, of silence, of war. But Jesus entered the once Eden to, uh, uh, Jesus entered once Eden to recover what was lost, to foreshadow what comes, the heavenly kingdom that awakes. Living well in God's world means recognizing that when it comes to our lives, we are not the many gods. This is his creation, not ours. Do you know, when we were putting together uh, those pieces of Lego back at the start of lockdown, it didn't all go straight forward. There was many days there were boxes were thrown in the air and we had to gather all the pieces up again because we couldn't find the right piece. And do you know, sometimes we just had to leave it and come back to it the next day or several days afterwards. We do not have all the pieces of our lives given to us. 
and things come and go and seasons will change. And it is only God who knows exactly where everything is meant to go, in which order and at what time and why. Verse 11, God makes everything beautiful in its time. That's what we can hold on to through our lives. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten 
still to prosper. You've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. Faithful forever, perfect in love, you are sovereign over us. Faithful forever, perfect in love, you are sovereign over us. That last item of praise was sovereign over us, connected to that message that we've just listened to from Ecclesiastes 3. Well, just before we come to the end of our podcast, we want to take some time uh, just to pray for one another and for things going on throughout our world and our uh, community at this time. So let us come to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can have that sense of comfort and peace in you. That we know, Lord, that you are the one who is in control. And Lord, at all time is in your hands. Lord, that we may uh, not understand what happens uh, from one season to the next. But Lord, you see that whole picture. And Lord, we, are, we can trust in you through all things. And so, Lord, as we come before you, We want to lift up before you those who are finding life difficult at this time. We pray, Lord, for those who continue to battle ill health. uh, We pray for those, Lord, who continue to battle uh, real uncertainty in their lives. And we ask, Lord, that we may know of that true comfort and peace that is found in you. Lord, help us to see that trust in you that uh, we can have. To know, Lord, that through all that we may face in life, Lord, we have that shelter, that refuge in you. Lord, we lift up our community through these days as we continue, uh, Lord, to find our way through this pandemic. And as we continue to uh, deal, Lord, with um, just testing and different restrictions and isolation, Lord, we pray. That there is that great awareness, Lord, uh, of uh, us taking steps forward through it. Of knowing, Lord, uh, the the joy of being able to get together again. uh, To see one another face to face. And Lord, to to know that real uh, deep fellowship in you and all that we may do. Lord, we also want to lift up before you our leaders through these days. Recognising, Lord, the difficult job they have. But also, Lord, we pray that we may have that sense of hope and that sense of confidence in them and what they do. Help us, Lord, to look to you as our true leader in all that we may do. In you, Heavenly Father, we have the one who will show us what is right to do and is that true guide in life. And Lord, we pray that that is what we base our lives on. That as we think about what we do and what we say and how we act, Lord, that we may look to honour you through all of these things in all, every way. Heavenly Father, we also want to lift up for you uh, countries through this world, Lord, where there is conflict going on. And Lord, particularly, 
We want to pray for those countries, Lord, who are hostile to the things of you. Help us, Lord, to know of what it means, Lord, to uh, uh, continue to pray for those, Lord, who are in danger of their lives as they continue to witness for you. Help us to know, Lord, that you are the one, Lord, uh, who will be worth everything and that we continue to look to you in life and all that we may do. Lord, we lift up before you our young people through these days as well. Lasting, Lord, that they may know, Lord, of your hand upon them in their lives, that they may take you as their guide in life and all that they may do, that they may continue to seek and to follow you each and every day. Lord, we bring one another before you, longing to know of your power and glory in all that we may do. And Lord, we ask all these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. And may you know God's blessing throughout uh, these uh, this next week. Let's finish together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.